0: Hey everybody, today's episode is brought to us by the Raising Money Summit, raisingmoneysummit.com. Adam Adams has put together a amazing lineup of speakers. You have Adam Adams, Michael Blanc, Tim Bratz, Ellie Perlman, Alina Trigub, Kent Clothier, Jeremy Roll, Jillian Sadati, Cordy Peterson, Maureen Miles, and many, many more. If you are raising money for syndication, for fix and flips, for land deals, for self-storage, mobile home parks, whatever you're raising money for in real estate, you need to be here at this conference. Again, that is the RaisingMoneySummit.com for tickets. And Adam has been gracious enough to let our listeners have a 40% discount through the end of May. All you need to do is use the promo code SPOTLIGHT, one word, SPOTLIGHT, S-P-O-T-L-I-G-H-T, and again, that is RaisingMoneySummit.com. And if you're raising money, this is the must-attend event of the year. And it is just going to be amazing. Adam puts on a just a phenomenal, phenomenal uh, summit. So just, uh, again, RaisingMoneySummit.com. And if you use the promo code SPOTLIGHT, you will get 40% off through the end of May. Welcome to REI Spotlight, and with your host, David Schwan, and today's guest is Bev Kruger. How's it going, Bev?
1: Hey, David. It's going really well. How about you?
0: Doing good. Doing good. It's a uh, wonderful day in Middle Tennessee, and the weather is beautiful. So, uh, doing, doing, oh, it is. doing well. Um, I guess first question is, is uh, tell us a little bit about your uh, background and how you got into real estate.
1: All right, well, um, I worked at the University of Central Florida as a controller for 31 years. And right about the 25-year mark, I'm one of the lucky people that worked under a pension plan, so I do have a little bit of income. But at about the year 25 mark, I realized that I would only be getting about 40% of my income on that pension and that it was capped at a max of 3% increase per year. Now, that's a lot better than other people have, and I'm so grateful for it, but it wasn't enough, I didn't feel, to have a comfortable lifestyle, and particularly in 20 or 30 years with inflation and that kind of thing, and so I started looking around and I said, what can I make money in? And we did a lot of things. We tried investing in the stock market. I lost my shirt. Uh, we, we did uh, looked into buying some franchise businesses and the, nothing really appealed to me. But in 2007, uh, my then husband and I uh, were invited to one of these local gurus who comes to town uh, and we listened to what he had to say. And we thought, wow, that, that certainly is an opportunity and um, I'm not proud of myself, but I spent some big bucks with this guy, and I got a good education. However, you know, um, could have used that money to buy a deal or two uh, and learn from our local RIA, uh, and it would have been a lot, I, I think, less painful. But for the next uh, two years, I went to classes and uh, traveled all over the country, spent big, big bucks, uh, and I joined GRIN, because they recommend that you join your local RIA. But I was still working at the university until 2010 when I retired. Um, and in 2009, actually it was December of 2008, we bought our first apartment uh, community. Uh, and I also invested in a 34 unit. Uh, this was a couple years apart starting in seven. Okay. Uh, and my... And my very first deal was a mobile home park, um, and that deal, along with the amount that I spent on on my education, just about sent me back uh, but luckily, uh, I did limit both of those uh, investments uh, one the one in the education but also the one for the apartment um, mobile homes uh, yeah. and my partner who uh, who had done a syndication and was the controlling partner. And I was a silent partner with no say in the business. um, Stopped making mortgage payments, but continued to to collect the rent. And uh, about two and a half years after the investment was made, we were foreclosed on.
0: And I decided I was, yeah,
1: I decided I was going to go after her and I hired an attorney and, Several thousand dollars later, and no results. I said, You know, this is good money after bad. And I pulled the plug and I said, Okay, it's time to take my lumps and pick up the pieces and start again. Okay. And, yeah.
0: um, you mind if yeah. I ask you one quick question on that one? What, uh, uh-huh. and, and uh, what would you say was your biggest lesson learned on that? What would you, uh, what's the biggest thing that you've changed to do differently to kind of protect yourself from that happening again?
1: Well, number one is you need education. And I, I was maybe six months out of the gate uh, in real estate. Uh, and I didn't really have enough knowledge. Um, I was from Florida where all of the golf um mobile home parks down there are nice. and Many have golf, golf courses and that kind of thing. And I went to this one, and I envisioned that being what she had in mind. And she said it verbally, but it wasn't in her package. And I did due diligence and that kind of thing. But for me, and this isn't for everybody, but for me, I decided that I could do better, and I was going to offer people a really great return. And I was not going to invest in other people's deals. I was going to raise money myself.
0: I I completely I completely get that. Um, so a- after that, where'd you uh, where'd you head after that?
1: Well, I already had uh, invested in a thirty four unit, so I still had that deal, and that turned out to be quite profitable. It um, cashed out in about three years and. We also, my my ex-husband and I purchased uh, a small apartment facility here in Murfreesboro where we live. Um, And then from that time on, I did some private lending. Um, I did notes. Uh, I did um, non-performing notes and I actually did a deed in lieu and I did a rehab. And then in 2012, uh, Scott Myers came to Real Estate Investors in Nashville, and uh, by that time I was living up here, not in, in Central Florida. I actually stayed there for three years after I joined Wren. My husband and my family had moved up here, so I was uh, up here occasionally, but not all the time. So in 2010, I moved up here, uh, and I had had it. I had spent all this money on my education, I had a few profitable deals, but Um, The deal on the mobile home park was just about ready to foreclose. And I said to uh, my spouse at that time, I said, I am not going to invest in another guru, period. And we go to Wren and we listen to Scott Myers talk about uh, self-storage. And um, I said, I'm not going to invest. So on the way home, we get in the car and my husband said, did you, what'd you think about Scott Myers? And I said, I like what he said, but I told you I'm not spending another penny on on a guru. And he said, well, you don't have to. I've paid for this Saturday class. You can go or not. And I thought, well, I didn't spend the money. (laughs) (laughs) And and I love it.
0: Might as well go.
1: (laughs) Right, right, right. So we went to that class, it was an all day, and then they had a three day. Uh, and I agreed with my husband at that point that we would indeed go to the three day. And we came away from that three day, and he said, "Nope, so storage is not for me." And I said, "Yep, storage is for me," and <laughs> I have never looked back.
0: Oh, uh, it, 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 it's it's amazing how you know you 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 know well you you each went into it with a different outlook, and then at the end of it, you walked out with each other's outlook that you started with, but both of them were different, you know,
1: that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. So I have to give my uh, ex-husband credit for being in storage because had it he not done that, I would not be doing it today.
0: What, uh, what, what was the biggest thing that made you, uh, made you have that, that, that 180 degree turn on self-storage? What, what was the, uh, what, what was the big pull uh, for that?
1: Well, by that time, uh, we had been doing our apartments, and uh, we really weren't seasoned investors at that point, even though um, we had about three and a half, four years of it. It was 2011 at that point when I met Scott. Uh, And I really wasn't crazy about apartments. I had stepped into an apartment and had roaches rain in my head and had to clean out ovens, and... You know, I did all of those minimum wage activities myself uh, for a while uh, because I didn't know any better. And thank God for Harold Plemons and Ren, because I would call him Harold and I'll pay the rent help and, you know, tenants, trash and toilets. And uh, Scott talks about that and how you don't have that. So on average, um, I found, and, and I'm sure other people are probably more efficient than me, but a turn in our apartments cost us about $1,200 and it took about a week, um, sometimes uh, longer when we first started and sometimes shorter after we got got a little more seasoned, but it, it's expensive. A, a turn in self-storage is almost a no-brainer because um, when you turn an apartment, you have to paint. You have to clean the carpets. You got to make sure the bathrooms and the kitchens and the ovens and the refrigerators are all nice and clean. And later on, I learned to hire most of that out. But even hiring that, you have to you have to have somebody that goes back and checks. and I never did get all the way into um, having it fully managed. And so it took a lot of time, and then there's the screening of the applicants and showing of the apartments and all the rest. Now, in self-storage, if somebody moves out, you go out and you sweep out the unit. So uh, the, the amount of difficulty on a turned unit is just, it's, it's night and day. Your uh, cost to operate a, an apartment facility, depending upon the age, can be anywhere from 40 to about 55 or 60%. Uh, in storage, it's 30 to 40%. So you have a better net operating revenue percent um, when storage. It's cheaper to get into per unit, obviously, uh, because you don't have. Go ahead.
0: Oh, oh no, no! I was just saying. Definitely, you have much. Uh, I think you're getting ready to lead that way. With you know, you have much less. Uh, you know, uh, you're you're dealing with a you know typically a ten by ten space instead of a full mm-hmm. apartment,
1: right? Right. And and there's no plumbing. uh, There's no uh, ovens or anything like that. So it's just, it's easier to get into, in my opinion. Now, if you want a a bigger facility, obviously it's going to cost a whole lot more than a single apartment, but you know, it depends on how you want to scale it. But if you're comparing scale of maybe a hundred thousand dollar property in an apartment, and a $100,000 property in storage, you have multiple units in storage. So if one of your tenants moves out, you haven't lost all your rent. $100,000 house may have lost all your rent until that that term gets filled. Uh, and so it, it's a more stable environment. Uh, self-storage usually does well when we go into a downturn. Now, we're talking about a, a not a... 2008, but at the beginning of it, uh, and, and in minor downturns, storage does well because we service people in transition, people who are buying houses, people who are downsizing, people who are moving in with their parents, people who are going into assisted living facilities, who just can't bear to part with their ex, whatever that is. Yes. Um, In in our storage facility over in in the other side of the state, we had some people that had been in uh, a unit since it was first built. We took it over in in 2012. But the facility was built in 2003. And this mother had lost her daughter uh, to some kind of a tragedy. I I never did figure out what it was. But from 2003 until 2016, she paid faithfully on that 10 by 10 box to store her daughter's pool table and her uh, uh, sofa and bed and several other things. So when she died in 2016, the siblings of that girl refused to pay it anymore. And we opened it up and everything in there had so deteriorated, if you can imagine, 13 years in a garage it yeah. wasn't worth anything but that is not uncommon people can't bear to part with x they can't they can't um, bring themselves to get rid of or they don't have the time or whatever and we are a nation of hoarders and yes. i love it <laughs> i love it <laughs>
0: I was, I was about ready right to say hoarders. Uh, hoarders are definitely. Uh, you know, they they definitely help the uh, the storage business because when they run out of house to storage in, then they have to go buy something else to store it in. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's right. That's right. Now we don't just service individuals. Uh, we also have businesses. Uh, there's a an individual who, who runs his business out of there. Now, we don't want allow people to, um, for instance, work on cars. And there are some storage facilities do, that do, but that's not our business model. Uh, we don't allow anybody to have clients come and go or anything like that. It's strictly self-storage. But who we do service, um, there's one guy that's a mobile pet grooming, and he parks uh, his trailer. Uh, There's another one who does the uh, uh, windshield replacement on site. Uh, There's a lawn service, several things like that. And then uh, the newest area that I'm hoping to get into, and it's the facility we're looking at, is covered boat and RV storage. Uh, People like their toys.
0: Definitely, definitely.
1: And some of these toys are very, very expensive. And they don't mind paying $100, $200 a month to park their, their toy underneath a nice covered canopy. And, you know, it's, it's inside um, a fence with cameras where their baby is going to be safe. So um, the newest facility that we hope to open, we're hoping to get our Certificate of Occupancy on Monday, uh, is we're going to be specializing in auto collectors, vehicle collectors. Awesome. So, every unit, yeah, every unit that we built is a drive in unit, uh, with the exception of our climate control buildings. So, uh, if you go to a storage facility, sometimes you'll see uh, as much as six inches between the bottom of the storage unit and then where the pavement is. In our case, there's a half inch lip. You have to have that to keep the water out of it. But that's it. There's a half inch lip, and everything drains away from the unit doors. Uh, And so you can you can pull a car in there, anything 20 feet or bigger. uh, And we have 20 and 30 feet units. um, You can pull vehicles into, and that's what we're that's the market we're going to go for.
0: Sounds good. Sounds good. That's a uh, that that's. Uh, I, I've seen them, but I hadn't really uh, hadn't really talked to anybody that was focusing on uh, you know especially on the on, on the car storage part of it. I hadn't really talked to anybody that was focusing you know mainly on that. It's well. It's not the
1: only yeah. It's not the only thing that we intend to go to several car shows uh, this spring, and we're we're getting together some pamphlets and things so that we can pass out stuff. So yeah, I love it.
0: Love it. sounds 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 good. Uh, yeah, sounds like that's a. Uh, so how many um, how many storage places are you up to now? Is that two or three or?
1: We only have two, and we're looking uh, at buying a third. Uh, and that's the one that would be the covered boat and RV storage.
0: That would be nice. Awesome. Um, so
1: the so the one that we bought in 2012. Um, that was my first. A construction project. Now, at the university, I was in charge of construction accounting, and I thought I knew how to manage a project. Boy, was I wrong! <laughs> so,
0: a little uh, bit of we decided, curve there.
1: Oh, you know it. So, I decided I was going to build nine thousand square feet on this facility that had twenty-three thousand uh, and a climate control because there was none in the area, and we were going to be the first. And when when I hired the contractor, I took for granted that he knew everything because he had built a number of other storage facilities. But what I didn't know is he had been a contractor and he had helped with other storage facilities, but maybe he wasn't as versed as I thought he was. I don't, I'm not sure what happened, but he hired a excavator who later on we found out was alcoholic oh. and he would come to prepare the site and he would fall out of his truck onto the ground dead drunk and his truck was just beat up and I have never seen this before but I understand it's not uncommon he had to breathe into a tube in order for his car to start oh my <laughs> yeah. so so anyway he he prepared the site we build our building and the following some of the building uh, began to flood because we hadn't prepared the dry properly and because the angles uh, of the elevations and all weren't done properly and uh, it was just a big mess. Um, that was the year that we um, moved out just about everybody on the side where the building was flooding, we thought we were fine. But what we didn't know is there was an expansion crack in the floor. So, you know, these big, long pads of concrete, every so often what they do is they take a saw and they cut it Mm -hmm. so that as uh, the temperatures change, you know, it's not going to crack. Well, in this case, that expansion crack wicked water over into a unit on the other side of the building away from the flood. And when the individuals who were in there And by the way, the flood happened in May, again in June, and then a little bit in, in July. And in the meantime, we're frantic. What do we do? And I'm calling around trying to get all these different people to help us and figure out what to do. And we had all kinds of fiascos with that. But anyway, this guy opens his storage unit, and there is mold on much of the artwork that he had stored there. So he and his wife had been art collectors, and during Hurricane Katrina, there in the medical field, they were some of the first responders, and they bought the artwork over some of the bars in New Orleans. And they had stored those in our storage units, and they were sitting there with mold on them. Mm -hmm. And I remember I happened to be on the property that day. We have two managers. I, I don't manage it on a daily basis. And I happened to be in the property that day. And Chad came up and he said, I want you to come back here and see this. We went back there. And I just, I could not believe my eyes. And his wife sat on the curb by the office and bawled her eyes out. Because they had gotten all of that. They were building a house. And they planned on putting it in their house as decorations. And here we were with mold all over it. And all I knew was my sense of fairness and justice kicked in. And I said to Chad, we will make this right no matter what. And he said, you better, because if not, I'm going to be really upset. Well, later on, he threatened to sue us, and uh, it it all worked out. But I remember that afternoon, I called the the insurance agent, and he said, Beverly, no matter what you do, do not admit that you are in the wrong. (laughs) <laughs> I said, a little late uh, for that isn't too, it yeah too late too late um and it took about three months the insurance did settle um we had a deductible uh and then some of the costs we had to bear i think we had to pay like seven or eight thousand and they were able to clean uh serve pro was able to clean the mold off the pictures and so they weren't permanently damaged uh, that was a god thing Yes. Uh, but anyway, yeah, that that was in, in the summer of 2014. So I then said, okay, I need to know how to handle this. And I called Scott Myers again and, you know, just asking for some, some good, sound advice. And he said, you need a, um, a a civil engineer. Find an engineer. And he told me how to do it. And we hired someone, and in the summer of 15. We started I think it was either fifty five or sixty thousand dollars with a drive lane improvements with catch basins and I remember the the contractor calling me one day and he said, Beverly, I know why your drive lanes were sinking and, and why they weren't you know, you weren't able to, to stabilize and I said, Why? And he said, This was a septic tank drain field and I'm standing here in poo. <laughs>
0: oh my so
1: so so years ago it had been a trailer park and they had each trailer had its own septic tank if you can believe that oh wow and and they were close together yeah yeah and that that drain field probably shouldn't have been uh built on without having been uh properly uh soil testings and excavation and you know all that Well, we did that here in murphy on our latest project And we did it later on, but in that particular one, we didn't. And so we had to add, um, I'm sure you've seen the grates in parking lots when you Mm -hmm. drive and and all the water runs into them. We had to add either four or five of those, I don't remember, on a 480-foot drive lane. Uh, And that was the the second construction project. Uh, So in the year of, and, and that was 15. So in 16, by the way, that I've now bought Murfreesboro Storage, which is um, our our latest project. I bought the land here to start construction and what I didn't know is that rezoning can be a real bear. And if you can at all buy property with the correct zoning, it's much, much better. Uh, And I began the process of fighting for almost three years with the neighbors to be able to get this rezoned so that we could build storage here. But anyway, back in in Murfreesboro, uh, we were able to get a piece of land that was adjacent because we had 90 plus percent occupancy uh, in our facility and we're we're one of those uh, blessed locations where we're high and dry and there's a lot of low land there. So um, we bought uh, that two and a half acres at the street. We didn't have real good visibility and again, Uh, constructing phase three, then our construction project number three. And we added 11,000 square feet with an office right on the main highway. And within nine months, uh, we we closed in December, got our CO in December. And within nine months, we were up to 95, 96% again. Great job. So, yeah, yeah. So by the end of 18, uh, we had already started our next construction project, which is an additional 7,000 uh, square feet. excuse me, the end of 17. And the problem is for us, just like in any other business, uh, self-storage has a season. So uh, people move in the spring. They don't move near as much in the fall, and almost no one moves in the winter. And we finished those uh, units late August, and we're still in the lease up on those because of when we completed them, but we're, we're working on that. Uh, so along came a broker, took a look at the property, and said, I think I can get you about four times the amount of your investment if you choose to sell. And I consulted the owners, and they said, heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so it's on the market right now. So we may sell that one.
0: Sounds good. Sounds good. Um what um what would you say your uh your best advice would be for somebody who was just starting out um either either in self-storage or just really starting out in, in real estate? What would be uh what would be your, your best advice uh for 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 a newbie
1: a newbie needs to take their time to learn before they invest because you don't know what you don't know um and and what i mean by that is even though i did all the due diligence with my first investment even though i did you know what seemed prudent at the time there, there, there have to have been more things I could have done. For instance, I could have done a credit check on this partner. Um, I could have done, um, asked her to show me deals that she'd already done. Now, I never did find out, because she wouldn't talk to me when things started to go bad. But later on, I heard that she had done the same thing to other people. And I did that deal after about six months uh, of education. And I recommend that anybody in Iran, uh, even if you've got experience, take at least at least six months minimum, but even even a year. Get your education and especially network. Talk to people. You need people who, who know what they're doing to give you uh, advice to to who are willing to help you without um, without trying to. I don't know how to say this kindly, but without screwing you over, quite
0: frankly. <laughs> hey, hey, sometimes you just got to say it out it needs to be said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You, you, it, you know, that's, that's one of those things that you just can't really sugarcoat that.
1: <laughs> you can't,
0: can you? You, you, you so, know, so, you got to watch out for you know, the people who, who yeah, don't have your best.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you, you do. And you can't trust everybody. And if they're on the internet, that doesn't mean that squat. Um, one of the things that I love about Ran is that all of the people who are in positions of leadership have to sign an ethics form. I don't know if I, uh, the membership knows that, but it it holds them to a higher standard, and they have to be ethical. And we, I, I'm right now in the president Robert. lets all of us serve whenever he feels like it. Uh, he is really the backbone of Ran, uh, and. He, I, he said to me one day, um, you know, we need to do something to protect our, our people, and so we came up with this ethics form, but I know Robert. He is well, well connected in the real estate community, and if he has any question at all, if he hears anything that is not, um, is of a questionable nature, we like to check it out, and if, if we can't get satisfaction, that maybe the, the the claims are unfounded. We just kind of sit back and wait. Uh, and, and people are vetted. You know, not just anybody can come talk at Rim. People have to have experience. They have to have a proven track record. They have to be recommended by people. And so, you know, that's just a nice safety net. Yeah. Uh, so my recommendation to people is find people you can trust, and then don't go it alone. None of us are an island. Uh, none of us know it all. And when you don't know, don't be afraid to ask.
0: Definitely. Because, definitely.
1: Yeah. And, and don't just limit yourself to one guru or one source. Ask several people because we all have prejudices and shortcomings. And even though someone is giving you the best advice they have, it might not be the best advice for you.
0: Definitely 100%, you know, just, uh, you know, like, like you said, you know, just because it, it could be good advice, but it may not be the best advice for you. Uh, it's right. all, uh, everybody's in a different boat, you know, so, so we're, we're all kind of facing different things and, you know, yeah, I, I love the idea of, you know, um, don't, don't just take one single opinion, you know, make sure you have, you know, make sure you have more than one person looking out for you besides yourself. That's right, that's um, right. Now, um, is there uh, um what is uh do you have a, a, a favorite book or a, uh, either real estate or business related that, that you like to share with people?
1: Oh golly, there's so many. I, I have read, I, I used to consume books. Um, there's a lot in our Wren Library. Um, you know, for just general finance and basic knowledge, if someone has no no knowledge of finance, Rich Dad has a whole, whole series that are really good, and uh, Dave Ramsey has a series of good books uh, just on general knowledge. There's another one, too, uh, Tim Stoll on our board recommends, which is The Richest Man in Babylon, which is just a kind of a story about how you invest and how you, you invest the money that's uh, available for these investments to make things grow. I love that book. Um, gosh, let me look. You know what I do is I, uh, subscribe to audible. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever done that or not, but the audio books and I consume those books. It's a three and a half hour drive over to, um, diaries where our facility is and i listen to these books over and over again napoleon hill has keys to success there's think and grow rich um let's see yeah
0: i've just recently started started my audible and and i'm because because i i have a i have a long daily commute too uh or i have a long yeah. daily commute now and yeah, you know, yeah it's uh yeah. For anybody that spends any, uh, you know, has any, especially if you have a lot of windshield time in your day, uh, I certainly mm-hmm. just audible. Uh, it, it, it's so, it's so nice. I mean, and it it's just, it's a wonderful app. I, I like it a lot.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So they, they just have a whole plethora of books there. Now, if you particularly want self storage, Scott Myers, uh, I am one of his coaches, and he has some home study courses and some books that you can get. Um, Dave Lindahl is the man that I studied under for apartments. But, you know, even these people, check them out because they may not be for you. But just about anybody that comes to Wren, you could pretty much bank on that they're credible. Vena Jones Cox has some really great uh, stuff she's written. Uh, she also offers a mentoring program. Uh, Robin Thompson as well. Um, you know, there's just so many. It all depends on what someone wants to do, and not everybody wants to do storage. And I wouldn't recommend it for everybody. You know, it's just that's not that's think- just not uh, a one size fit all.
0: Uh, definitely. I mean, I I suggest that everybody, you know, find the niche that you're comfortable with and that you feel good mm-hmm. with that, and, and that it, it fits your personality. And if you're looking for a coach or a mentor you know, it's just track record alone doesn't mean everything. I mean, you have to, you you have to be able to communicate with that coach and you have to understand their teaching. And it's, you know, you can have the best coach in the world, but if you're, if it may not, you know, the best coach in the world for you may not be the best coach in the world for me, just because we learn differently and we have different personalities. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that, that uh, I I try to emphasize and, and make sure that, you know, that, that, you know, research who your coach is, learn their personality. I mean, if you're, you you know, and especially I I don't know how I I have no problem with somebody spending, you know, 20 or $40,000 on a coach, but before you kind of put that investment into your education, you should make sure that you kind of like the person that you're trying to get educated from, because that's huge in your success.
1: That is correct the the other piece, and this sounds like it's contrary to what I just said a minute ago you know to wait until you start investing is don't be afraid at some point to to pull the trigger. I know so many people in our our group who have been coming for years and they've never done a deal so so it is important that you get your education, and it is important that you have your network set up but at some point there you have to do a deal or you're not a real estate investor. You're just on the sidelines. Yeah. And I remember that night I was, I was going to close the next day on, on, well, even, even the mobile home park, you know, I, knots in my stomach. It doesn't, doesn't necessarily stop. You know, yeah, you might, you might be really good at this, but I second guess myself even now and you have got to pull the trigger because if you don't do it you will never ever make the kind of money that that you could make in real estate.
0: Thank you. Thank you for saying that. That is uh yeah yeah that you you know that you, you need to be educated, you need to understand what you're doing, but once you've you know once you've gotten a solid foundation, you you got to move at some point. You know, if you're right. if you're stagnant, you, you know, if you're not ready to move, you either need to figure out what else you need to learn to make yourself. In other words, you still have to move. If you if you're standing still, you know, you you either need to figure out. Uh, you, you you need to always be moving. That the, the ball needs to be rolling mm-hmm. at some point. Right. And right. Right. Just keep it keep it moving, and, and you'll be right. there. Um. It, what? How? Uh. Is there any need that you have in your business that the listeners might, uh, that you want to throw out there that maybe they can help you with or anything like that? Anything you're looking
1: for? Well, I, I, am really blessed that I have a strong network. You know, uh, like I said, I'm a Scott Myers coach and there's some really fantastic people in that group. So as far as needing help in the storage business, not really. Uh, But for, for real estate investors of Nashville, We're always looking for good quality people who can volunteer and who have a heart to help other people. And if any of your listeners feel like that's them, especially if they're already REN members, uh, come on out to our events and help us be the best we can be. Uh, I don't know how much you know, uh, how much you've explained to your listeners. I know you're a, a member of our group, but we want to build an entrepreneur center we want it to be the kind of place where our our members can maybe come and take contacts uh, maybe they can have a real address because a lot of people don't have enough money when they're first starting out to uh, have an office or a real address to have mail sent to we want to be able to uh, have an education center we want to be able to have a retreat and a conference center and so you know all of that takes time we're in the process of building that now and we have a five to ten year um, goal to be able to achieve this.
0: Well, and how, so how can my listeners connect with you? Uh, you know, if, if they are interested in that, how would you? What, what would you say is your preferred method for them to contact you?
1: Well, they need to contact Courtney, who is our um, uh, marketing coordinator. Uh, Courtney's number is six one five. Let me double check that. I don't want to give the wrong one. I'm pretty sure I know it, but uh, 615-885-5454, I believe. Let me double check. Yeah, 615-885-5454. Or they can go on our website at reintn.org. If you're a member, great. Just come to some of the meetings, particularly the general meeting, and uh, tell us you want to volunteer. We have a super uh, volunteer coordinator now who is very active. And, you know, it's it's something as simple as standing at the door and welcoming new people in because we're all shy and we all have um, prejudices. We all, uh, I think we all put ourselves down more than anybody else. We're our own worst critic, you know, and that kind of thing. And just standing there and greeting people and forgetting about yourself but getting out of your comfort zone and trying to help someone else just gives you such a feeling of um, validation. You know, really, I probably can do this. And it really helps you uh, professionally grow your network. Uh, it, it gets you out of your shell so you could talk to other people and uh, you can make those connections. Had I not started volunteering in rent, I don't think I'd be successful today, particularly when my my mobile home deal went under. But um, I remember my darkest night of all my real estate investing. I had been turned down two times. Everything I had was invested in this house and land. It's 10 acres here in Murfreesboro to build Murfreesboro storage. And I had been turned down two times for the rezoning request. Um, And I was so disheartened that night. I put my heart and soul here and most of my available capital. And I called Robert Mohan and Mary Wester. And I said, I got turned down. And (laughs) I wanted Robert to pity me and pat me on the back. And oh, you poor thing. And he said, put your big girl pants on, get up and go in front of them again. I thought, she thanks a lot, Robert. You know, and I was kind of indignant. And he was right. He was right. And I did a lot of prayer. I'm a, a very strong Christian and some introspection. And I felt like that that's what the Lord would have me to do. And so the next day I went, I called the um, county planner and I said, Doug, I'm going in front of planning again. And there was no answer. And I said, Doug. And he said, Beverly. I have been with the county over 18 years. And as far as I know, in the history of this county, no one has gone in front of planning three times. And I said, is there any reason I can't? And he said, I don't know. I'll check with um, our legal department. So he came back and he said, he told me how to do it. And I did. I did everything right. I prayed. I became a student of the process. I did everything that I knew to do, and the third time we were approved,
0: and that, it, it
1: was that it was the toughest battle of my life.
0: The, 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 it, that shows that 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 advice that you didn't want to hear was the advice that you needed.
1: Yes, exactly, exactly. But it also shows the power of a network. Robert Mohan could see what I needed to do before I could. He was a seasoned investor. He could see it clearly. And I was so emotionally involved, I could not see it. And that's the power of a network.
0: Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I, I, um, I, I advise my listeners to, you know, definitely be, you know, be involved in your local meetups, be in your, you know, be in your local real estate groups, you know, stay connected. Right. You know, stay connected right. with your your fan base. You know, I mean, they're 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 really your 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 fan base. They're your support system, mm-hmm. and they're your cheerleader experience. You know.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And none of us have experience in everything. I don't care how long we're in this business. There's somebody out there that has information that you don't.
0: Oh, it, it's it's life. It's like life in general. You will constantly learn. And if you're not constantly learning, then you're missing something because you there's always more for you to learn. There's there's processes that change and you get better. And it's, you know, you, you need mm-hmm. hanging around people who are of like mind to help you improve, you know, where you're going and how you're getting there.
1: That's correct. That is absolutely correct. So, you know, Ren may not be for everybody and that's fine, but do, I agree with you, just find that group of people that works for you.
0: Yes, definitely, definitely have that, have that support group uh, around you and just, you know, keep, you You know, it's, it's for motivation. It's for, you know, like you said, you know, your, your dark day, when you're wanting to hang your head and, you know, there, there was probably some, some, some <laughs> quit in your mindset and, you know, somebody going, yeah, yeah. no, 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 we're, we're, we're not going to quit on this. We're going to figure this out and we're going to move forward. right? And, and that's. Right. That's that's what got you over it, and it's it's that support system much. That's right.
1: That's right. Well, another thing too is um, all my deals I syndicate, so I'm using other people's money. I give great returns, and um, you know you run out of resources if you just rely on your own. So don't be afraid to partner with a deal, but thoroughly check them and the deal out. Yes. Uh, thoroughly make sure that everything. Uh, meets your criteria and that you're comfortable with it.
0: Yeah, and then move no. forward. All right. Well, I think we'll go ahead and let you let let you go on this one. And I appreciate your your you spending your time with with me and my listeners. And I just hope that you have a a, a very wonderful day.
1: You too, and God bless you, all of you. Thank you.